0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Zeal. If you want a good massage but don't have the time to get one, have the massage come to you with Zeal. You pick the time and the location. Have your next massage on demand at home. Our listeners can get $20 off their first massage with promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, May 21st. In today's news... The Justice Department bows to political pressure from President Trump. China is winning the trade war. And the new head of the NRA blames Ritalin for the rise in school shootings. But first, the big idea. Hillary Clinton's Yale commencement speech showcases elite tribalism in the Ivy League, Hillary Clinton got a rock star's reception Sunday afternoon when she spoke at a commencement ceremony for Yale University.
1: Congratulations to the class of 2018. I am thrilled for all of you, even the three of you who live in Michigan and didn't request your absentee ballots in time.
0: The Yale Law alumna started with a lot of self-deprecating humor like that. One of the traditions is for students to wear goofy hats. So she brought an old school Russian winter hat with a Soviet hammer and sickle on it and waved it around. If you can't beat them, join them, she joked to the 1300 graduating seniors. The failed presidential candidate even joked about drinking a lot of Chardonnay to cope with losing to President Trump.
1: Let me just get this out of the way. No, I'm not over it. I still think about the 2016 election. I still regret the mistakes I made.
0: But then Clinton got very serious and delivered a half-hour warning about America coming apart at the seams. Using uncharacteristically dire language, she quoted Madeleine Albright's new book, Fascism, and Yale history professor Tim Snyder's book called On Tyranny.
1: Our country is more polarized than ever. We have sorted ourselves into opposing camps, and that divides how we see the world. The data backs this up. There are more liberals and conservatives than there used to be, and fewer centrists.
0: The former secretary of state promised that she would not get political. Then in the very next sentence, she blamed the right for the radicalization of American politics. And less than a minute later, she called for strict new gun laws.
1: This isn't simply a both sides problem. The radicalization of American politics hasn't been symmetrical.
0: Clinton identified tribalism as an existential threat to the country along with assaults on the rule of law, the free press, and other norms.
1: Right now we're living through a full-fledged crisis in our democracy. Now there are not chanks in the streets, but what's happening right now goes to the heart of who we are as a nation. And I say this not as a Democrat who lost an election, but as an American afraid of losing a country.
0: It was striking to hear her say that because that's the kind of language that a lot of people who loathe Clinton use in the rest of the country. They too are afraid of losing the country as they see it. Last week, I talked about how a lot of Trump supporters in the Midwest support him because they feel disrespected by elites at places like the Ivy League and by people like Hillary Clinton. They're still upset that she said half of Trump supporters belong in a basket of deplorables during the campaign. Yale might now be ground zero for the kind of politically correct culture that Trump's base loves to hate. For example, Yale has just changed the term freshman to first year so that man is not in there. And two years ago, Yale renamed one of its residential colleges after massive student protests. The college had been named after John C. Calhoun, a virulent racist and secessionist from South Carolina. Now there are two colleges named for women, an LGBT civil rights activist and a pioneering female computer programmer. Clinton told the students that they must strive to understand the people who are not like them.
1: As hard as it is, this is a moment to reach across divides of race, class, and politics, to try to see the world through the eyes of people very different from ourselves, and to return to rational debate, to find a way to disagree without being disagreeable, to try to recapture a sense of community and common humanity.
0: Sunday also happened to be the 50th anniversary of Trump graduating from the University of Pennsylvania, another Ivy League school. But Penn, unlike Yale with Hillary, is very uncomfortable with Trump. The university won't even comment on him. He went completely unmentioned at their commencement ceremony last week. Student tour guides are even told not to mention that he went to the school. And when visitors ask about him, they're instructed to change the subject as quickly as possible. Much of what Trump espouses is at odds with the stated values of these institutions. They've pushed back on a lot of his policies, such as the travel ban on people from majority Muslim countries. That does not stop the president, though, from often mentioning that he went to an elite school, even when he's talking to supporters who hate elites. He cites it as validation that he's smart. As he put it during a 2016 campaign rally,
1: I went to an Ivy League school. I'm very highly educated. I know words. I have the best words.
0: And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Justice Department has asked its inspector general to assess whether political motivation tainted the FBI investigation into ties between Russia and the Trump campaign. The announcement on Sunday night came just a few hours after Trump ordered the department on Twitter to look into whether the FBI surveilled his campaign for political purposes. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who was appointed by Trump and has been trying to keep his job, released a statement that seemed quite responsive to Trump's instruction. He said, quote, if anyone did infiltrate or surveil participants in a presidential campaign for inappropriate purposes, we need to know about it and take appropriate action. This move by the Justice Department is truly a remarkable step, and law enforcement officials hope it will avert a broader constitutional crisis. It comes in the wake of reports that a longtime U.S. intelligence source assisted the investigation, which is now being overseen by Special Counsel Bob Mueller. The Washington Post reported on Friday that the source, a retired American professor, had contacts with three Trump advisors during the 2016 campaign. Trump and his allies have seized on the informant's role to claim that the FBI spied on him. But there is no evidence to indicate an intelligence source was embedded within the campaign, as the president has repeatedly suggested. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez, a Republican from California, one of Trump's best allies on Capitol Hill, issued a subpoena to the Justice Department seeking all documents related to this professor. So far, he has been rebuffed by department officials who have said that exposing the source or the source's work would put him and his contacts in danger and jeopardize international intelligence partnerships. Some Justice Department officials fear that the president's latest tweet signals that he might overrule them and order the department to turn over the material Nunez is seeking. If that occurs, it is possible that senior officials could resign in protest or refuse the president's order and force him to fire them. Number two, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin announced on Fox News that the trade war between the United States and China is being, quote, put on hold. After two days of talks with the Chinese led to a broad agreement that they'll buy more U.S. agriculture and energy. In exchange, Trump will not follow through on his tariffs against Chinese products. Experts agree this is a win for the Chinese. The so-called concessions they're making are things they've already said they planned to do anyway. There were also no tangible agreements by the Chinese to do anything to protect our intellectual property which was a central rationale for Trump starting this trade war in the first place. The announcement over the weekend was more about saving face than anything else. Number three. After 10 were killed Friday at a high school in Santa Fe, Texas, incoming NRA president Oliver North went on the Sunday shows and blamed the spike in school shootings on a culture of violence and young boys who, quote, have been on Ritalin since early childhood. He said on Fox News Sunday that the country is trying to treat the symptoms without treating the disease. And, and the disease in this case isn't the Second Amendment. The disease is youngsters who are steeped in a, in a, a culture of violence. Uh, they've been drugged in many cases. And you really can't make this up. On ABC's This Week, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick blamed the spike in campus massacres on, quote, the social acceptance of abortion. We have devalued life, whether it's through abortion, whether it's the breakup of families, through violent movies, and particularly violent video games. It's not about the guns. It's about us. Parents of the victims responded to Patrick's remarks with scathing criticism. After this latest massacre, more American schoolchildren have now died in 2018 than American soldiers have died in combat overseas. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, May 21st. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.